Hi there, my name is Crystal Farley. And I'm Heidi Solomon. Welcome to the Making of Her Story. Now we're really excited to have you tuning in today, uh, especially since we're celebrating International Women's Day. Uh, we're also very excited to be here with Nancy Pearson, who's the Executive Director for the Center of Women and Enterprise in New Hampshire and the Portsmouth City Councilwoman. So thank you for joining us, Nancy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so this is our um, launch episode of, um, of Making of Her Story. And um, really, Crystal, let's talk a little bit about how this came about. It's really only <laughs> about a couple weeks in the making, but... We're not even at our two-week anniversary yet. I know, it was just <laughs> meant to be. So Crystal and I met uh, about a month or so ago, and, and from the moment I met her, I knew that we were destined to do uh, something together. Uh, and in the middle of a Reiki session, uh, I actually, the two of us had a complete breakthrough and decided that uh, we wanted to launch this global podcast series um, that focuses on uh, women and women in business and entrepreneurship. Uh, myself, I've always sort of been fascinated with people's stories. Um, ever since I was a little girl, um, to the chagrin of my parents, I talked to everybody. Um, and, you know, I was raised to believe that, um, you know, every everybody is interesting. Everybody has a point of view, whether you're the CEO of a Fortune 100 company or, you know, you're a person who's homeless or, you know, and every, every, everybody in between. So um, making of her story is really about focusing on the pivotal moments in our life and the power of those pivotal moments and how it impacts who we are. Absolutely, and I think, you know, um, just to piggyback on that a little bit, especially with my background and the work that I do around trauma and stress, knowing that when somebody actually is able to articulate their story, that means that they've accepted that that was who they were. That was why they are here today. And I think, you know, I was really excited about this opportunity so that more and more people can actually share their story with the world and we can help empower them to do so. So I'm so excited to be here today. This is so exciting. And thank you, Nancy, for being here. My pleasure. Yeah, so um, so Nancy, um, this is a really exciting day for you. Um, you just, uh, you know, came from your press conference that where you uh, announced an interesting project that you're working on. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, in my in my capacity um, at the Center for Women in Enterprise, we help women launch and grow their business. And through that work, um, some of the things that I've discovered that actually is as interesting to me as what women are starting is the why, why women are starting their businesses um, and, and what is compelling them. And, and, and in a lot of cases, women are starting business, at least my clients, because opportunities have not presented themselves in the traditional workplace. They either you know, weren't advanced through a company the way they felt they should or they weren't treated the way they felt they should and so instead of leaning in they're leaning out and they're doing their own thing that I hear that story over and over again so I always think about that in the back of my mind like you know why are women starting business not just what they're starting and um, 
Another thing that I've discovered through working with women entrepreneurs um, in New Hampshire over the last couple of years is the multiple barriers to entry that women face when wanting to start a business. And at the top of that list is access to capital. So I always try to work with my clients to find many alternatives to a traditional bank loan or investing because women only receive 4.8% of all angel investing out there. I mean, we just, it's just not, I mean, may as well not even be happening. It's such a small figure. And and it's because the types of businesses that women grow are not traditionally, you know, high growth business. I'm putting air quotes here. High growth, you know, we think high tech, we think biomedics or, or, or something where you're going to exponentially get a return on your investment. Women are not starting in general, I'm generalizing here, women are not starting those kinds of businesses. Um, They're starting smaller micro businesses. Many women start businesses with a social enterprise component and people A, don't understand them and B, aren't really comfortable funding them. So as usual, you know, women sort of have to figure it out on their own. So one of the ways that um, women can think about um, going outside the the typical route of funding is to think about crowdfunding. And there's a lot of different platforms out there. The one that I show my clients is called iFundWomen. And I discovered iFundWomen through Twitter one day. You know, it just came across my Twitter feed. I read about it, read about the, the, the founders, went to the site. It's like a beautiful website filled with inspiring, incredible stories of business ideas that anybody can fund. And it's a reward-based reward, reward platform where you, you, know, you invest in someone's business for a reward, not for equity. And that is how I discovered that they did these things called local cohorts. And I kind of searched around a little and discovered that Boston, the city of Boston, is a local cohort with the office of the mayor of Marty Walsh. And, you know, like the city of Baltimore and Chattanooga and these like smaller tiered cities. Well, again, on Twitter, uh, last fall, across my feed from the iPhone Women Twitter um, handle, I saw a picture of the governor of Vermont with a bunch of women saying, we just launched the Vermont cohort for iPhone Women. And I just like sat ramrod straight in my chair and I'm like, hold on, we're on all sides here. We're, they're in Boston, they're in Vermont. So I just tweeted back to iPhone Women, are you coming to New Hampshire? Like, that's amazing, are you coming? And they responded and said, well, do you know a good partner? that we could work with in New Hampshire. So long story short, the Center for Women and Enterprise partnered with iFundWomen. We brought in the uh, office of um, the mayor of Manchester, Mayor Joyce Craig, as well as the New Hampshire Women Foundation. Um, the Women's Foundation is, is funding us so that I can do some of this legwork. The office of Mayor Craig is helping us with her stature as the first woman mayor elected to the largest city in the state. And um, and so we just today launched the I Fund Women New Hampshire cohort, which is a funding access to capital opportunity for women from all corners of the state, not just Manchester. Anywhere uh, you are in the state, you will have an opportunity to um, apply to have a campaign on this platform along hopefully with many, many other women. And I look at it as a win-win because not only are women going to get 
better, more um, traffic and, and some opportunities to, to fund their business in a place that's you know, all all boats are rising here because it's not they're just not alone in the wilderness on on, on um, GoFundMe or, or or whatever. They're they're with counterparts with their community in New Hampshire, so that's a win for the women. But it's also a win for the rest of us in New Hampshire because we can now have a place to go and look and see who's starting businesses, what kind of businesses are they starting, and how can I help, how can I invest, here's like, you know, 10 or 12 or 15, however many, you know, on by the time we, we get up and going, I'm not sure, I mean, I, I hope it's 100, you know, um, but here's our opportunity, the rest of us, to go and invest in these women and really, you know, do what the whole point of enterprise is, which is helping women achieve economic independence. So, so I so I yeah. love this whole story, right? Because I think it's actually everything about what making a purse story is all about. When you think about a pivotal moment and that tweet just coming across your phone unexpectedly, I mean, that really changed the entire direction that you were heading down, right? And that you and then you were really able to to broaden out and in a much bigger way do something to impact women in New Hampshire. Yeah, well, you know, as I said, one of the, you know, one of the sticking points for women is access to capital and rather than commiserate, you know, <laughs> with our clients, we do yeah, enough of that. We right? can, you know, um, we can actually provide them with a real tangible opportunity you know, to get in front of people who are interested. Um, and of course, crowdfunding doesn't work unless you use your own network, but I'm hoping that through this local cohort, we'll be able to go outside personal networks and, and really achieve um, the goals, the funding goals that these women need. So, um, yeah. This is so exciting. So Nancy, I wanna, you're a force. Uh, and so I wanna take you back a little bit because um, you know, I'm sure there is some history as you think back to your childhood or, or, you know, other experiences that you have had in your life that have influenced the direction and what you're doing today. You know, it's funny um, because actually I'm probably the uh, opposite end of the pendulum from you as a child. Like I didn't talk to anybody. I was frightfully shy. I spent my first day of first grade not speaking. I wouldn't even say my name. Um, incredibly bashful, incredibly just um, baby in the family, you know, just everything that goes with that. And um, I, I, I'm a late bloomer, you know. I, I didn't see myself um, as an entrepreneur, I didn't see myself um, in any of the uh, any major setting. I, I really uh, very much more on the uh, observational end of things. But I will say that there's a series of micro moments. Like there wasn't any pivotal moment or any pivotal thing, but there's definitely a series of micro moments in my life. Whether that was the language I heard around, you know, the the dinner table at family of friends and the way people were talking about women or LBGT people or you know anybody who was brown or black, you know, just the just the language we used in the 70s mm -hmm. that nobody thought twice about. Well, I I thought twice about it, you know. Um, so you know, little micro moments like that, little micro moments like when um, I I you know. 
I wasn't making the same salary as a first year teacher in my first year of teaching as the male teachers were making. Like, and I was told it was because um, they were heads of household and hmm. I was wow. not. Wow. And this is like the 90s. This isn't like, you know, that, it's not even not the 2000 50s. years ago. Right. <laughs> you know, so little micro moments that I was just like, well, that's not right. So um, what decisions did you make? So I think I just, I think I just filed them all away. I, I, I've never had, um, I've never had a job. I've never held a position that didn't have some sort of social mission to it. So whether I was a Montessori teacher or facilitating um, programming and educational um, outreach at, at UNH or you know whatever it was. And, and what I'm doing now, I've, I've always been in nonprofit and I've always been, again, in the background really, facilitating you know, things to make everything better, you know, always working toward improvement. Um, but it was actually the time the day that I, I read an op-ed in the paper, I, I was living in Portsmouth and I read an op-ed in the paper the day before the last day to file to run for city council in Portsmouth. It was like 20, I don't know, 13 or 14. I, I don't quite remember. Maybe it was 15. And um, I'm, I'm very involved in my community. I, I was running the arts council at the time. Um, not really getting much headway with City Hall listening to me, be, being very frustrated, and read this op-ed that basically said, you know, where where's all the leaders? Where are the leaders in our community and why are you not running for city council? We need you. And it was a very forceful woman who wrote this op-ed. She's a fellow city councilor and she's been on the council for years, more than a decade. And I just was like, you know what? I'm a leader. I know how to get stuff done. Uh, nobody's listening to me and I need them to. And if I run for city council and win, they have to listen to me. <laughs> so, so I did that. And um, as a shy person, I'm like even just like getting hot thinking about it. I had to campaign. I had to knock on doors. I had to walk up to people's porches, knock on their door and ask for their vote. Um, was that terrifying? It was terrifying. I had a very, very good friend who had done it before, former mayor and city councilor in Portsmouth, um, you know, very, very well uh, healed in the political process. He literally came to my door Saturday mornings at nine o'clock in the morning and took me by the hand and took <laughs> me canvassing. We did it together the first day. We walked up the steps together and then he weaned me. He's like, I'll do this side of the street, you do that side. And, and he kept telling me, he's like, first of all, you know, you have a friendly face. Mm -hmm. People like are not afraid of women knocking on their door. It's going to be fine, you know. <laughs> like, you know, but and eventually, it, it never got easy, and I never enjoyed it. But I did it, and I did it for like six weekends, and I got on the council. Um, and it was astonishing to me because suddenly, yeah, people were listening to me. And then I had to be very careful about what I said, of course. Um, I may be shy, but I'm very opinionated. So I, I did definitely have to, you know, I had to, I had to figure, I had to navigate that. Um, but but that, that sort of shifted me from seeing myself as a facilitator to seeing myself as an instigator mm -hmm. and an initiator and, you know, a thought leader. And uh, it wasn't long after that that the opportunity to interview for the current position that I have right now uh, came about, which happened right after the presidential inauguration where I know myself and a lot of other women were feeling really anxious and powerless 
um, in that 20, was it 2016, 2017, the inauguration? Mm -hmm. Like, seriously, like the next day, I think I saw the, the ad for the Center for Women in Enterprise. And my first thought was, what what's the Center for Women in Enterprise? I'd never heard of it. Oh, it's an SBA Women's Business Center. How interesting. What's a Women's Business Center? I'd never heard of that. I did not come from the entrepreneurial landscape. But um, I'm an elected official. Uh, this is federal funding. Mm -hmm. I understand how public money works. I understand how important it is to do right by public money. Um, and and I had already previously worked in a statewide capacity when I worked for public television many years ago. So I know New Hampshire. I know the North Country is different than the Upper Valley and the Seacoast is different from Nashua and Bedford's different from Manchester. Like it's all different and, like, and I knew that. Um, so I learned about the entrepreneurial landscape, um, you know, kind of on the job. I will say that I've always wanted to work in capacity uh, for women and children, but I never knew how. I never knew like, do I have to go to another country to do this? Like, mm -hmm. what do I do? I, I didn't major in social work. Like, how do I do this? I didn't major in women's studies. Like, I didn't know my point of entry, but it's always been an interest of mine. It's always been a passion of mine. And as somebody who has a very strong sense of social justice, I've been upset about you know, inequality my entire life. So I feel like all things just came together in the last couple of years. Right? And so that's why I say I'm a late bloomer. I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I'm old. And, you know, and I'm feeling really great. I feel like I'm a new, I feel like I'm a new person. So I, I really find, you know, I love your story. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I find it fascinating because in addition to access to capital, obviously, which stops women from going into business, I think this fear of, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't have the experience, you know, imposter syndrome, you know, all of those things that, you know, I think all of us women have to tackle. How did you, you know, you obviously moved through that, right? Um, so maybe you can give some advice to other women out there on how do you push through that? Well, I think I just finally realized, and you know what's funny, but do you remember, did you either ever watch the Stephen Colbert show nope. and Better Know a District, mm -hmm. and he'd go and interview all the state reps all over the country and how just alarmingly and frighteningly ignorant and ill-informed they were, and most of them, not all of them, but most of them were men. And I'm sitting there watching them thinking, these men are in positions of power, they are in positions of authority, and I don't probably know more about their state, never mind more about legislation and whatever the topic was. Like, they were just so underinformed. And I thought, what, what am I waiting for? You know, what am I waiting for? I, I know everything I need to know, at least as well as these people mm -hmm. who have just charged ahead, you know, and never really thought about whether they were qualified <laughs> or the best person, you know? So at some point I just got tired of other people in decision-making, you know, authority positions that were just not that great. So that, just that was it. part of it, yeah. So that, yeah, that's my advice is really look around you. How many more I's do you need to dot? How many more T's do you need to cross? I think we're good. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You know, we can probably move beyond this, you know. And just take action. Yeah. Well, this all sounds like really great resources, and I know we're coming up to the end of the show. So, Nancy, I do want to give you the opportunity to let our listeners know where they can find out more about your center. Well, our center is um, – 
the Center for Women in Enterprise, we're at um, cweonline.org. That is where you will find information about us. But I did want to just mention briefly, if you go to our Facebook page, the New Hampshire Center for Women and uh, New Hampshire Center for Women in Enterprise Facebook page, which is um, Center for Women New Hampshire, you will find the link to the I Fund Women uh, New Hampshire cohort page where you can read about it and you can apply. And I would encourage any woman out there in the um, early phase or recently launched or you know wherever you are in your in your endeavor, I would encourage you. Um, if you've hit some brick walls and you just need a little infusion to get you to the next level, apply. Yeah. There's, there's a whole ecosystem built into this platform to support you and to help you. It was made by women for women. So definitely check out the link on our Facebook page, um, which is Center for Women New Hampshire. And if you're having that fear or deer in the headlights type of Reaction. There's also training available, correct? Yes, our center, you know, Women's Business Center is built for the way women like to work, which is to be very informed, you know, and and have all the resources. So we have classes, workshops, trainings, business advising. Most of our resources are free. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming. Thank in you today. for having me, Auntie. Thank you. Yeah. Congratulations and good luck. I know. Um, I feel like personally, I want to share this information with about. 40 or 50 individuals that I know right now, they're getting ready to start their businesses. So spread the word. Yes. Yes. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you all soon. Take care.